Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster, a monster exploration podcast where we take a look at monsters from their folkloric origins to their current pop culture incarnations. I'm your host for this episode, Cameron, and I'm joined today by our illustrious founder, Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm not doing too bad. Uh, it's been it's been a long week, and it's mm. been a while since you hosted on the show. So it's it's good to have you back. I'm very glad to be back. It's been it's been a very long couple of weeks for me uh, being off the show, but I'm very happy to be back. Uh, yeah, it, it happened. I'm married now. If you want to see photos, go on Twitter. Um, we'll have all the nice photos in two months because that's how photography works. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm super glad to be back, especially because we're covering everyone's favorite subject, Elden Ring, once again. Um, by by the time we get through this game, will it'll it'll be out for like a year. We might get some DLC. I can live in hope. Um, and today we are getting into the real deep guts of Elden Ring's endgame and talking about Crumbling Farah Missoula, which uh, in our last Elden Ring episode, we sort of spoke about getting there uh, via the mountaintops of the giants. Uh, but now we are going to get into this floating sky temple beyond time itself and really run around and try and figure out what's going on here there's not actually that many clues unfortunately um, <laughs> there's always conjecture and we can do that <laughs> oh yeah we can conject as much as we like uh so just as a general overview um all throughout elden ring as you explore the lands between you are seeing these massive chunks of masonry that don't fit the visual aesthetic of the zones they're in that appear to have just fallen out of the sky, uh, here's where they're all coming from. Uh, this is a real switch up for a zone. It is a floating sky city, sky temple, all breaking apart, uh, and it's in the eye of this enormous storm, uh, which is a storm beyond time, because this is sort of like an out of place, out of time not a dream zone, it is real physically, um, but it's one of those areas where, you know, it's the classic Dark Souls things where sometimes it's like, are we going back in time for this? Or was is this place just stuck like this forever? Um, it's not as explicit as, say, Artorias of the Abyss, where we know that area, we are literally going into the past. Um, this one's a little more nebulous, uh, but still in a fun way. Uh, yeah, you reach it, primarily uh, via defeating the fire giant and going to the fire giant's crucible at the top of the mountains, mountaintops of the giants, whereupon you are teleported here. Um, and <laughs> the very first thing I did in Fire and Mazula, I'm not sure about you, is I slipped off a ledge and died. <laughs> I, uh, you know what? I think I may have just missed that last little jump down the stairs. Little... Yeah. 
platforms mm. and then was like oh no it just started me back here okay yeah i think i was also uh, afraid i was gonna be stuck here mm, like mm. i didn't open the map yet and i was like because mm, it just teleports you here from the um the forge yeah 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 um yeah the first thing is like just a little jumping sequence i absolutely completely messed that up and <laughs> slipped off and died and you respawn right at the start of the zone fortunately until you can find a grace um because otherwise, presumably, this would be a game-breaking bug if you didn't respawn there and then just couldn't get back. Because you do need this is this is um oh, mainline content necessary progression. Um, even though yeah, it it feels so out of the way. Yeah, I think the entire time because I bounced back and forth um mm. to this area, just kind of yeah kept dipping my toes a little further into the pool <laughs> each time mm. uh, because I I don't I was kind of maybe a couple of levels under leveled to yeah. do this like You're meant to be my weapons plus. just were not hitting <laughs> as hard as I was expecting and things were hitting me mm. much harder than expected even yep. given the rough time I had in um, Mountaintops of the Giants yeah. Oh, yeah. it 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 continues that trend of the late game zones being just absolutely the the height of pure numbers difficulty. You know, the enemies aren't necessarily crazy, uh, but their damage and their their hit points certainly are. Uh, so it's, it's it's that battle of the numbers more than specifically the battle of oh god, what is this animation? What am I even looking at? Yeah, um, they're all pretty yeah. readable. So. Yeah. Mm. We'll get into that. The um, the aesthetic of this, mm. I I loved it. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's just a such a change of pace. And there's yeah, you're not looking at you're looking at like a sandstorm kind of. Yeah, it's the, yeah. the tempest in the distance or immediately around you, really. But there's like fifty wyverns just. Mm. floating around like in the yeah. in the cyclone around you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah um yeah that's sort of the main theme of this area is actually dragons uh which is fun and the secondary theme of dogs or wolves um but yeah this is again this is partially conjecture as far as we can tell before the time of the Erd tree there was a nation of dragons, and this was their capital, um, which that's from the Old Lord's Talisman, which is a talisman you get in this zone. This is the ancient royal city of Faramazula, um, inhabited by the ancient king, whose seat lies at the heart of the storm beyond time. So time is wibbly-wobbly, and this is like a remnant of one of the pre-Golden Order civilizations, same as the giants in their mountaintop, uh, and technically, like, the Carrions. Um, is that all sort of... Yeah, it all predated the... Yeah. The trees mm. hold. The trees whole thing. Uh, and once again, this is a zone where you can't see the Erd tree, if I'm remembering correctly, primarily because of the storm. Yeah, um, yeah, I, you cannot um, see it um, until, well, you can kind of see it at the end. Yeah, yeah, right near the end. 
Uh, and also just in terms of distance, it is way out in the middle of the east. Like you again, this is one of those the map expands out sideways to accommodate Armazula sort of just being there, hidden in the clouds. Yeah, it's out uh, over the ocean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't fall off the edge. Uh that is <laughs> the primary danger of this zone is uh a lack of safety rails on a lot of the jumping areas. Let's put There's it none. That it's way. just void below you (laughs) yeah yeah it's not safe um nothing is to be fair uh yeah so yeah aesthetically absolutely incredible it's got its own uh somewhat unique architectural style where it involves a lot of fossilized bones sort of displayed in rock for pillars and things um it's sort of a giant mausoleum maybe uh possibly yeah. at this point yeah uh it's really leaning on that almost funereal aspect especially in a few particular rooms mm-hmm. where you've got like and, the bones and the general architecture is like larger oh yeah yeah it's designed for big boys <laughs> not for us <laughs> uh yeah um as I said, dragons and dogs, as you sort of explore through the area, you get a, a Lanche-style dragon dropping down on you. They are just regular enemies in this zone. Fortunately, there's only like four or five of them, I yeah. think, that you can actually fight, because uh, otherwise that might be a bit much. Um, I just ran past most of the dragons. I think I killed maybe one of them. Um, but hey. They're difficult to fight, and it's narrow ledges, and I don't want to bother. When you don't have a horse, so yeah, yeah, no horse. This whole thing is no, a legacy no dungeon. torrent, no torrent for you. Not within um, the torrent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the the other primary enemy are these beasts, uh, which dog like, wolf like, humanoids um, that are uh, actually previewed so early in the game it is ridiculous um i i got to this zone and i fought one of these and i had a momentary internal freak out as i rewinded my brain i think like 70 hours to literally the first two hours of the game where you fight in a side cave in in um oh god what's the name of the first region um lindell no, Limgrave. Limgrave. In Limgrave. Yeah, in a wow. Cave. That's <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was that long ago, folks. Uh, in in Limgrave, in a side in a side cave, there is a boss called the Beastman of Farah Missoula. Uh, and they put him right there because in seventy hours or more, you will reach this zone and go. Oh, he came from here. They were they were foreshadowing this this early. And, yeah, I yeah. think that's the cave that you take and that goes to the dragon shrine. Uh no. Is it not that one? No, that's the one with the um the, the demi human chiefs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this is the one on the there, path. It, it's relatively close. This is the one on the path towards the, the road to the Castle Storm Vale. Um, you know, you go through the woods. Yeah, okay. On the way to that one where you first meet Melina, usually. Um. Yeah, he's just yeah he's just hanging out in Limgrave, totally being a uh, a a minor spoiler for what comes at the literal end of the game. This is like 
in terms of the straight path, this is the second last zone of the game. It's kind of wild how, how much they put leaning in, just like, hey, what's Faramazula? Just get to get you thinking, only to have to remember it forever later. Um, you can actually also reach here through the four belfries. Yeah. In in Leonia, you can get a little preview of the zone, which I didn't find until after I beat the game. But I've seen, I've watched people playing the game, and they're just exploring Leonia normally. And the first gate they open is that one in the four belfries, and you just get teleported to a floating chunk of rock on the on the edge of Faramazula, in the middle of a storm, and you go, "What the, what the hell is this?" <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's been a fun trick uh, that mm. this this game loves to pull. Yeah, as yeah. far as like previewing terrible, terrible places, and you oh, can't man. really. It's like a little snippet of it, and you're going, mm, "Okay, mm. well, I know I'll be here later, but it's obviously yeah. better that it's later." Yes, I, I think that is literally my favorite thing this game does: is the "Hey, kids, you want to taste." Um, cause they, they pull it with Kaled, although that's more in depth because they actually just dump you in Kaled. Yeah. Um, my favorite single moment of it is in, um, the, the island to the south of Limgrave, you can teleport to Landell to the Royal capital and you just, you teleport in, you're facing a giant gate and you turn around and the Erd tree is like maybe 400 meters away and you're like, Oh, I'm here. <laughs> In the in the thick of it, as it were, um, and then there's yeah, also the the four belfries do a variety of that, which is always fun. Uh, there's there's a couple more hidden around, I'm pretty sure. Like the, the yeah, te- I mean, there's the a lot of teleporters. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's so good, it's so smart. Um, <laughs> to sort of really sell the scale of the world, um, like because you know you can play the early game, you you can be in Limgrave for thirty hours easily. And go, wow, this zone is huge. This must be like a third of the game. And then you finally find that one teleporter and you get thrown into Landell and you go, oh, right. I, I've just not left the starting zone. There's so much more. There's yeah. so much more to see. Um, yeah. Get, getting a preview of this place is incredible. Uh, being in it is also incredible, uh, but in a different sense. <laughs> like. Yeah. Getting an early preview, this would have been so awe-inspiring. Once I got here, I legitimately thought I was, like, at the end of the game. I'm like, this can't be a big area. I'm pretty sure, like, it feels like, it feels like at this point, there's maybe five bosses left until the end of the game. And I wasn't far off. I think it was, like, six. Um, uh, five. Um, but I, w- I made the mistake of going, well, this can't be too big of an area. It doesn't look huge at the outset. Like you look over and like you can see across this floating city, and then you get into it and realize that every chunk of rock has like three or four levels of rooms in it, <laughs> and there's whole bunches of traversals around it. I think I spent six hours just getting a feel for and walking through the space, figuring out where things were before I found the first boss in this area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they play a lot with the verticality here and there's a mm. lot of times where because it's it's um it's a circle. It's like a yeah, it's a circle that circle. folds in on itself and then 
or I guess if you took, I think there's an the paper. So if you take a, um, like a circle paper and then mm. kind of cut a spiral into it and then you can lift, mm. you know, you can do this with apple skin and lift mm. it and it uh, becomes a sphere. Yeah. It's kind of like what this has done. It's just, it's, yeah. yeah, it's broken. Yeah. It's, it's all disconnected chunks and you have to sort of fidget your way across all the broken floating masonry. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just a lot of points where I'll get somewhere and then look out over a vista and go, Oh no, I was just down over there. Mm. But I was mm. like, I don't remember going up except for like one thing of stairs and I'm clearly yeah. more than one story <laughs> above where I was at. <laughs> mm. Yeah. This is, this is the zone that they could not have made work anywhere near as well in any of the previous games except maybe Sekiro mm. simply because that verticality you need to be able to jump you need to be able to safely fall just to get through this zone yeah it, it's ridiculous the of any place I think that in the game to keep track of where you're this was really difficult for me like my mm. spatial mapping just did not play nice with this yeah. area and mm. i ended up going down a, a side path but then forgot that that's what i had done just because of the way the the um graces work mm. and then i i i was like i can't i'm hitting a dead end i can't progress anywhere but i went yeah. you know i thought a straight line but i had gone off on a side path at one point and so I mean, I had to get to a walkthrough to figure out like where where did I diverge from where I'm supposed to go because I can't see it, and I yeah. kept, keep going up. But there's a thing that looks like I can go down, but every time I try yeah. to jump, I just die. So it's <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> no, no, it, it's wild. It is a real maze. Uh, like I'm looking at the the spectral life just to jog my memory. They have six separate maps for the different layers of this zone yeah. because yeah it's it, it's that interlinked and interlocking and crazy it's less interlinked and interlocking than you think and that i think what leads to that issue with navigating is there's actually a bunch of dead end paths like there's one true path that will get you to the bosses that you need to fight to get out of here and all the other paths are pure exploration and don't necessarily hook back into that main path. Um, yeah, and that's not yeah. something that most of the areas have done before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, mo you can most of the time usually you can back. navigate back mm. or, or jump over a wall somewhere and go, okay, now I'm back to where I wanted to go, but the, the distances are too far here. Yeah, yeah. You'd need to be able to fly. Yeah. Um, you need to be a dragon. Wouldn't that be mm -hmm. convenient? Yeah. Wouldn't that, mm. wonder, wonder about that. <laughs> Wouldn't, Wouldn't that make sense? Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, it is it is a super maze. Uh but what that means is that there's always something new to find. I am oh, yeah. certain I missed a bunch of stuff in here. Uh but there's some there's some fun stuff to be found. I think my favorite thing is this is actually the real payoff area for the volcano mana quest line. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, wild. You could you could have finished that quest line. 20 30 hours prior depending on what zones you went to after finishing up with uh Juno and all that. Uh and um in a particular side path you run you run through this area where red lightning just rains from the sky 
and then you can go into another side path in that side path where it's suspiciously clean and clear and you get invaded by um Bernal. Bernal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bernal 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 says, Okay, enough of this. Um it's time for you to go for the plan, I guess. Uh and you can fight Bernal here and you get a key item, a key usable tool, I should say, actually, which is the the, the black fang? Was it the uh, um oh, yeah. It's like a shard or something. Shard. Da, 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 da. Enemy drops. Blasphemous Claw. That was yeah. it. Not Black. Not Black Bang. Blasphemous Claw. Um, which is so good. I got that backwards um, and I was like mm, slightly upset. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's real useful. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the the Blasphemous Claw is really interesting in terms of a lord. Yeah. First off, if you find it before you reach the final boss of this zone, you get a clue about what the final boss of the zone is. Uh, but also, um, it's just really interesting. So this is a slab of rock that's had the rune of death sort of traced onto it. And um, in, in the item description, on the night of the dire plot, Rani rewarded Praetor Rikard with these traces. Should the coming trespass one day transpire, they would serve as a last resort foil, allowing Rikard to challenge Malekith the Black Blade, the Black Beast of Destined Death. Um, wild. First off, that's so much information for like two sentences. Uh, yeah, I think so that's good. also the most lore that's in. Oh this yeah, area. it's the, the most explicit part, but it it is one of those pieces of lore that I think the community is also sort of run with because when Rani stole a fragment of the Rune of Death, Rikard was still human enough to be trusted with like, hey, this is going down. I need you to back me up in just in case you're strong. I think you could beat Malekith. I don't think anyone else that I trust can. So take this. Uh, and then past that point, he devolved into terrible snakes. Maybe. Or maybe he was already terrible snakes at that point, but a little less crazy. Yeah, it's hard to tell because he's still like, hmm, he still knows what he's doing. Yeah, but he's just really hungry. Mm, yeah, for like everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and fun, funnily enough, this is um, this is sort of played out in the statistics, I believe. Uh, there's a great channel that does like the Elden Ring NPC fights, basically, and uh, Rikard in both of his phases is one of the few bosses that is able to stand up to Malekith and give him a decent fight, uh, simply because he's got a shitzillion HP compared to other bosses of the same style, I think. Yeah, but but it's it's like it feels like it comes together just a little bit, probably not intentionally, but like. Yeah, he could have done it if he was sane enough to know how to use this item. <laughs> yeah. It, I wish I had had that item, I will tell you. <laughs> mm. I'll tell you I had it, and I'm glad I did. It is, uh, yeah, I wish, I wish you had had it. You would have had an easier time. Um, well, that that's the issue I had with uh, Mog. Mm. Was, um, you didn't have the right, right thing. I didn't have the right bobble. Um and mm, I eventually was like, you know, I think I can make this a little easier on myself because that was the only mm. 
that blood curse was the only problem i'd get him down yeah. to like one or two hits and then i would just die from the blood curse beforehand yeah. Yeah. and that's the same problem i had with this boss area boss mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like one more hit please no yep dead nope. yep exactly uh <laughs> So yeah, um, speaking of bosses, let's talk about them. There are three boss fights in Faramazula. Uh In the order that they can be discovered, they are... Uh, let, let's talk about them in that order. So we'll actually start off with uh, Dragon Lord Placidus Axe, which is technically the first boss you can find in this zone. It was not the first boss I found in this zone. You can um, get to him first? I think you can. I'm pretty sure you can get to him before the Godskins. Hmm. I, think. I feel well, like the Godskins are blocking the critical path to uh, get over there because you don't you don't get to Placidus Axe until the last. Um, you know what? No, you're right. You get to him before mm. the little the grace that will fork to Bernal or the bot and boss. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. It is Godskin first. Then yeah. leave Placidus Axe for a sec. Um, so the Godskins. The Apostles and Nobles, you know them, you love them. How about if you fought two of them at the same time in an Ornstein-Smo-style situation? Wouldn't that be great? It's And it's not even an Ornstein-Smo. It's like, well, it's, it's calling that mm. specifically, but it's, um, I can't even think of the boss. Just skipped my brain. Uh, mm. They share, not only oh, do they the... share a health pool, but it's a re- it's a regenerative one. Which is worse? Yeah, yeah. Like it's one main thing, but every time you wipe one of them out, they'll just keep respawning until the whole health pool is gone. Yeah, yeah. It was terrible. It's, it was it was pretty rough. Um, <laughs> apparently has gotten better through patches, but um, I don't know how much better if you still had a pretty rough time because I had I had a rough I, time. I had a god awful time with these guys. Yeah. Yeah, you do have um, uh, Bernal as an NPC summon. Really? Yeah. God damn it! <laughs> Which makes sense due to the oh, that that's after one point oh three. Okay, I I I thought these before Bernal was available as a summon. <laughs> yeah, I can't say that. I I don't think I used him to help me. I think I just mm. called a regular summon. Yeah. I mean, I ended up using the mimic and giving it the the fire resist great shield. I mean, like mm. you go, you go stand in front of these guys. I'm going to stand back and throw lightning bolts until I ran out of juice. <laughs> yeah, this was the this was the battle that I had just switched to because I, I had just picked up um, mm. the the blade of the blasphemous blade. No, no, I had that the whole time. Uh, I was time. using that for mm. most of the run up until this point, and then I, I had s- s- swerved to go questing or something. Um, yeah. Oh, I picked up the um, uh, uh, not the rivers of blood. I already had that. The other one, the moon veil. The, yeah, moon veil katana. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I just respect myself and try to use that because um, it right. goes through the wall, kind yeah, of. Yeah. It, I mean, sort of. <laughs> they, they had already nerfed it, so the damage mm. output was not great. Yeah, uh, it's fast, but it was doing like three hundred damage less than the Blasphemous Blade. So I think yeah. I may have respect back. I don't remember. This took a lot of time. I 
did this mm. battle. Oh yeah. Lot. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think worry. every time I've had to deal with these guys, except for like the one on the bridge, it's been the most headache. Oh, I just yeah. keep getting sat on. It's, it's yeah. it doesn't end well. Yeah, because the thing is, I love Godskin Apostle. Godskin Apostle is great. I would love to fight two Godskin Apostles together. Godskin Noble is so much. <laughs> Um, just the, the, the Sonic move is what gets me where he blows himself out and starts spinning like it, like an F1 car's tire at you. Yeah. And, that, <laughs> and uh, and I have a, a, the, the chronic issue of not remembering I can block like hundred percent, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I don't yep. think that's a blockable one. I think it just it's runs not, over you anyway. It runs your stamina down in like five frames. <laughs> And then knocks yeah. you over and kills you. Yeah, because usually um, his even his rapier like mm. I can block a part of it, but he does like three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That rapier is mean. It's so long, like it's, it's deceptively so long. long. The range on it is a lot. Mm. Yeah, I, I will give him this. They've made him feel like a real fencer. I feel like yeah, that is the kind of terror I would have if I was fighting someone who fought in that sort of that thrust precision style. And you just go, how can you reach that far? What are you doing? Please stop. <laughs> yes, please. And stop stepping to the wall. <laughs> oh, through the wall is the worst. Go yeah. on, if we bounce off, bosses should bounce off. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work that way. No, of course not. We live in yeah. we live in a society. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can eventually somehow defeat these godskins. Um for a while there was a glitch where if you took one of them out with a status effect, it would instantly deplete the whole health bar. Uh, but that was a terrible bug, and people are glad that's gone because it destroys two phase bosses and makes them no fun. <laughs> kind of wish I could have done that here, though. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's yeah. been my stance on it. It's like, if a cheese works, whatever. Mm-hmm. Listen, I I have nothing against cheese, and I'm very proud of Patty for what he's doing in his one bro. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> become the, 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 <laughs> the fromage king or whatever he's. But yeah, um, the Godskins are really interesting in that at first glance, they feel really out of place here. Like this is the dragon zone. This is the beastman zone. uh, And they feel super out of place until you dig deeper into what the Godskins are all about. Uh, They worship, first of all, the Black Flame, uh, which was the power of someone called the Glomite Queen. Uh, who was the original holder of the power of death in the Elden Ring universe. Um, And so the reason they're here is, uh, as the blasphemous claw implied, uh, Malekith the Black Blade, current holder of the Rune of Death, is here in Faramazula, and they are presumably here on sort of a little crusade to try and steal back what was stolen from them, (laughs) which is fun. Yeah. God, I kind of wish they weren't here, though. Actually, yeah, it, also that. Mm, yeah, it would together. be cool if you could summon them. <laughs> you defeat oh, these yeah. guys I mean, you with can, like a special you can summon cosplay for as them, but <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work out though. <laughs> no, you can't do the fancy, uh, so man. it's useless. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, after after you beat them, you open up a couple more paths, including the actual critical path. 
at which point we can now talk about Dragon Lord Placidus Axe, one of the most visually arresting things I've seen in Elden Ring. Um, so as you're as you're meandering around Faramazula, you'll see off to the side some some rubble kind of just descending into the void below the city. And you'll go, oh, that's all set dressing. I can't jump on that. And then you'll see messages littering that entire area, unless you're Leonard. Um, and so you can <laughs> hop and skip and jump your way all the way down to like a giant ring of uh, of architecture, sort of like a Colosseum wall. Uh, and it's filled with these hollows where bones are laid in. And around one particular hollow, which has no bones in it, there's a ton of messages saying, here, here try this, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and you walk up to it, and if you're me, you try to read some of the messages by pressing triangle and accidentally hit the prompt, which says, lay down. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you, like any good Souls character upon seeing a coffin, uh, jump right in, <laughs> and uh, you are transported even more out of time than you were before uh, into, yeah, a giant arena. The cutscene is fantastic because it's <laughs> so good. It reassembles oh, it's, um, mm. Fire Mazula to like it's the yeah. height of its glory. But yeah. you watch it in real time, or not real time, you watch it in reverse, like mm. reassembling itself. And it's yeah. very cool. It's so good. <laughs> it's like. Listen, we know we know we're beyond time and space here already, but let's let's be real. That means we get to do stuff like this. And yeah, zip, 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 zip. Uh, the the whole city pieces itself back together, and suddenly you're standing upright in like a coliseum wall, and it's this enormous arena at the dead center of the storm, and just floating, uh, looking like a giant egg. In the middle of this arena is a giant dragon with two heads, sort of outstretched to the heavens. Uh, well, they're curled like a helix. The curl like a helix, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that is Dragon Lord Placidus Axe, one of the coolest things in Elden Ring because he's just King Ghidorah, kind of. Yeah. And I, I love that. I love this guy so much. <sighs> yeah, the coolest. The coolest is a giant two-headed dragon that originally, as far as we can tell, had four heads. There's one definite like neck stump on the body, but there's also a, a talisman called Old Lord's Talisman, as I said earlier. Um, the description talks about the ancient king whose seat is you know at the heart of the storm beyond time, but the actual image of it is Placidus Axe with those double helix heads and two additional heads sticking out. Um, so presumably at one point in time he was a four-headed dragon. Um, there's a lot of speculation about him being like the Elden Lord before the Golden Order. Um, but then we have to start talking about like what does Elden Lord actually mean and is that not a term specifically tied to the Golden Order and it seems it might not be. Um, it it could just be like the, the military arm of whichever outer god is sort of controlling what's going on in the lands between kind of deal um but placidus axe is either way extremely cool um he is so crazy his fire and lightning 
and literally can transmute himself into those things at certain points in the fight. Have you fought him properly? Yeah, I, I fought him. Yeah. I got him right before the second phase. Right, like yeah. On, I the... just did one run because it's... Yeah. I was screaming, running, <laughs> uh, jumping, uh, and just saw, like, a message real close to the edge. I was like, huh, and... I yeah, looked at it and it's like, oh, there's a bunch of steps like I, that I can clearly probably jump down. Yeah, and yeah, I jumped down there and and rested my my tired bones, and then was like, well, I guess this is a boss fight that I was not prepared for. <laughs> and I think no. I had already used up a bunch of my um, flasks, and I was like, well, this is just gonna go poorly. Yeah. And I still got him down to almost half life on one That's go. I'm like, okay, I can I can do this, but the run is not fun. No, get here. No. no, um, the the second phase, I wa- I will say, pretty worth going to see for yourself. Um, he just transmutes himself into like this cloud of ash and lightning, and occasionally materializes. He sort of swoops all around the arena. It is very scary, uh, very cool, kind of difficult and annoying to deal with as well, but super awesome. Just again. This area, aesthetically, absolutely top-notch. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and the if you defeat him, his remembrance has the the information. The Dragon Lord, who lies at the heart of the storm beyond time, is said to have been Elden Lord in the age before the Erdtree. Once his god was fled, the Lord continued to await its return. Um, so, yeah, once the Golden Order came to town and kicked out the previous Outer Gods, uh, Placidusax was just hanging out in the remains of Faramazula, heads pointed towards the, the Outer Universe, uh, waiting for signal. <laughs> yeah, I sort mean, of like, he, uh, like he's fingers. sequestered, like, you can't, you can't get here mm. unless you went and like ignited the <laughs> the the forge. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there must be some other. There's other ways to get here, or else we wouldn't have mm. the gods and duos and a few other yeah. people just yeah. chilling here. Like, there's got to be another path. Um, but that's how <laughs> we got here, so it's still yeah. pretty isolated. Oh, I'm just imagining the gods can duo like parachuting in on like <laughs> their big skin robes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe they did that. <laughs> they rode, yeah, they rode the hurricane. The yeah, it, it's up in the sky. If you can fly or otherwise catch the wind, you can probably get here. It's yeah, just we can't. Just hijacked a dragon. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Godskin Dragon. There's there's a boss fight for Ugh, that's from disgusting. software. Yeah, it can, it can be the new Calamite, Black Flame and all. <laughs> and impervious yeah. to almost anything because the stupid oh, god going. yeah Ooh. um but yeah uh that that's placidus axe for you absolutely awesome again one of those nebulous things like is elden lord before all this so elden lord means something else than what we thought it is but in the end not super important he's very optional he's so optional that he's difficult to find if you're not paying attention it's um, off the path. I mean, you have to yeah accidentally see it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that brings us to the actual main boss of this legacy dungeon, which is uh, Malekith the Black Blade. At the at the end of the critical path, you find a big unbroken section of stair, 
um, sort of in almost in the the Anil Londo style of this enormously huge staircase. Uh, at the top of which is a draconic tree sentinel for your worries. Um, I hate that guy. Yeah, I tried to fight him, and <laughs> He's so I, much he was just kicking my ass. So I was like, I'm just gonna run, and I can see yep. that that's a fog door. So this is yep, yep. I love it. I love this stupid boss run. Love this stupid boss run. I did eventually get rid of the tree sentinel, but it took a long time. Um, he does drop the full tree sentinel armor set, which is actually kind of fun because uh, the reason we have regular tree sentinels and draconic tree sentinels is that when the dragons attacked the golden order, the tree sentinels rose up to defend the earth tree. But then a bunch of them realized that oh, the best way to defend the earth tree is to be like the dragons. Those are some tough guys. So we're going to become Draconic Sentinels. Hooray. Uh, get get all the lightning powers and all the, the teeth on our shields and stuff. So yeah, um, you, you can run straight past the Tree Sentinel or you can do your best to fight him. Either way, past him is the Fog Gate with uh, what is most necessary in this area. It's Malekith the Black Blade, uh, which is just great. Um, because uh, it's a reveal. It's, it's a story reveal. Um, Elden Ring has a long and proud tradition of characters going by multiple names. Uh, and this is sort of the the grandest of those reveals uh, because you walk through the door and the boss is the beast clergyman. It's Garank. Uh, in his robe, with his dagger, shuffling around. Um, if you've been doing his Deathroot quest, you will have already had to fight him a little bit, so you kind of know that he does have moves. He, he can attack. Um, and if you've completed uh, the death root quest, uh, it is most specifically the 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 boss title on the health bar just says beast clergyman. But if you've finished Garank's death root quest and give him all that delicious death root, uh, he recognizes you here, asks why you're doing this. Uh, still obviously fight you. It's a little siffy like that. Um, yeah, this this beast clergyman, uh, halfway through the fight, uh, gives up on being restrained, stabs himself in the hand, and unseals the rune of death in the form of a sword, which is, again, super wicked transformation cutscenes, uh, and reveals that Garank was Malekith the Black Blade the entire time. Yeah, always good. We've, we've had Margot and Morgoth. We've had other ones that are yet to show up, actually. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a few of them. We got uh, we got Renna and Rani and all that. But uh, this, this is, I think, personally my favorite just because it's so cool. Um, and it also links in with uh, the network test stuff where one of the incantations i believe it was or one of the seals in the network test mentioned garank the beast clergyman and that he was so fierce in the past that his former name meant death of the demigods and then that item description changed for the main release of the game because it was clearly a spoiler um in this case it is garank former name malekith who is literally the physical incarnation of death for the gods and everyone else in the lands between actually um this is 
this is I love Malekith's character. He is the 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 Blythe of um of Marika basically. Uh in the same way that, that uh Rani had Blythe sort of assigned to her as a protector and a servant. Uh Malekith fills that same role for Marika. And she totally used him for it and said, Hey, cool, uh I need you to take the rune of death from that glomide queen we mentioned earlier. And I need you to seal it away in your own body, and then I need you uh, to go away, so no one can get it. <laughs> and that's what he did. Poor thing. <laughs> yes, and then he went crazy. Then he went absolutely nuts, and I don't blame him, um, because it's all his fault. He wasn't a vigilant enough watchdog, and uh, Randy managed to nick just a portion of the Rune of Death off of him. Uh, before he had sealed it away properly, and that led to the whole event sort of collapsing the Golden Order as it yeah. stands. Which is crazy, so she just, like, clipped his nails. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to clip the dog's nails a little bit and just use that to brew up murder knives for gods. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh... As as Gurank in that first half of the fight, he's not insane, like in terms of a fight. He's difficult. Uh, yeah, he stabs very quickly. Yeah, it's totally a lot. doable. Like, I, yeah, I could consistently get him to the second phase and just mm. be destroyed immediately every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because then then the, the risk is like you go from dodging these quick dagger strikes and the occasional like rock throw. Uh, I, miracle I cast. love that because it's not even a. Mm. If you look at it, I don't. It's not a miracle. I mean, it's not mm. a, for him. It's not a spell. He's just like ripping the Actually, ground up. Yeah, he's freaking a beast. He's huge. Yeah, for, yeah. For us, they're miracles because we're recreating what he can do naturally. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's him because it's it's, be, it's it's all the beast moves. So that's just what mm. his body does. Yeah, like, I can just tear the ground into pieces and throw it at you. Yeah. Fortunately, Chuck he rocks doesn't use you. the healing ones or the extra resistance ones because that'd yeah. be a bit much. Um, but yeah, in phase two, he uh, uh, yeah pulls out the black blade, which is this enormous jagged, like red and black obsidian sword. Um, and again, super great cutscene for this because his dagger hilt stabs into a seal on his hand and becomes the hilt of the sword as he pulls it back out. Uh, he's all armored. We get to see him um, in his full form without without the robe covering everything up. And then he leaps 50 feet into the air, does a triple somersault, and shoots a beam of red death energy at you, and you die. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Um, mechanically of this fight, when it stops mm. the cutscene, your back yeah. is to a pillar every time. Mm. And I kept backing up into it and getting stuck. Because the camera yeah. would not turn, and then no. I would get killed immediately. I was like, okay, like I, I understand what to do. I just have to not go backwards like, yeah, to the side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or if you have their summon <laughs> still there, you maybe they pulled the aggro for just a second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is... This fight could be a lot more rough, if it was in the style of a lot of the other double phase bosses where it's a full health bar 
and then another full health bar. Yeah, because they, they give you yeah. at least that grace. Yeah, they yeah they like at fifty percent transformation happens. You don't have to do two full health bars. Even just psychologically, I think that's better because you feel like you're not losing progress when when he switches over. Um, but yeah, he uses the black blade. He becomes super acrobatic. Uh, there are pillars dotted all around this arena, and a bunch of his moves involve leaping from pillar to pillar, like hanging off of them and shooting in midair. Um, he can do the he can do a judgment cut, which is great. Just slam the sword into the ground and uh, a million cuts in like a big AOE around him. You do ground explosions and every hit of this red energy locks off a portion of your maximum health and inflicts damage over time. And that is the fire of destined death, which is nuts. Yeah, it just means (laughs) you're going to die now that you've been cut. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. It's like, it's destiny. You're going to keep getting hurt. This this is the thing that caught me the most, I think, is I would be low health, get hit by that and survive and go, God, I got to dodge away. Then I can drink. And halfway through the dodge animation, I would run out of hit points. Yeah, that happened a <laughs> lot, like way more than I, I was getting upset. I was like, OK, yeah, yeah, like, it takes I, it takes a lot of it. fine, but I can get out of the way. But I, I got mm. I got nicked and it killed me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is where the the blasphemous claw item comes in. It's very helpful. I'm sorry you didn't have it. Once I worked out how to use it, I got him. I think in three goes. Uh, essentially, whenever he's firing off those big projectiles, it works almost like um when you fight Manus the pendant. Uh, it puts out that little shield that reflects. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's that same animation here, basically, and you can reflect it. There's the big parry sound. He just falls out of the air and freaks out. Um, and you can just beat him up until he does it again. And then you go reflect. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad the item is there to like help out for people who are having lots and lots of trouble with him. I I know you managed to beat him, Dave. You didn't need it. You should be proud of that. Um, well, I, I it's very obtuse to get people. Yeah, I you, you beat him. You should be proud of it. Um, the thing was, I it was just I don't even think it was just one. I saw one person, so yeah. it took repeated tries because what would end up happening is I think it only took like four or five tries. The mm. two or three of the people took more than that. Um, a few of the people I'd summon them, and then they would just try to go fight the the sentinel. Mm. I'm like, please don't do that. Just run past, no, please. Just run past. Um, we don't need to send. And they did. So I had a lot of times where I ran into the arena and then turned around and the person just like returned to their mm. world. Like, no, come on. And then other times we'd run in and they would get bodied immediately. Yeah. And I was like, well, now I'm stuck with a buffed boss. Like that yep. happened a lot. And yeah, like, what? I just tried again. What about? I? I can't. I can't summon my mimic because I'm locked out of it with the the rolling finger mm. yeah so it was just a luck of the draw of finding someone that like hmm i think the less cool a person looks that you're summoning mm. the yeah. better there might be like there's you know it's a gamble yeah. You, yeah. you don't know or i look at their names like there was someone's like helpful help helpful helping person Helpers or something them. i was like this would yeah. be great and then they died 
like no i think <laughs> i died actually so i felt bad um uh, and then whoever else i summoned had like twin dragons bone tooth or whatever the big giant yeah. hammer things are and i was like okay he he bodied not like it wasn't even funny yeah <laughs> like he was in the middle of the barrage of all the thousand cuts and it wasn't doing anything i was like okay oh wow uh, I don't know how much HP they are bringing to the game, but it must be a as lot. As they can, yeah. You get, you get, <laughs> um, a lot of your stats just get like crunched down when you, when you yeah. come up in. Yeah, you get crunched down to the uh, the summoner's level basically, while still having enough to still wield your stuff, which I think is an interesting way to do it. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's 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 crazy. This this dog is going nuts, and uh, he's going to he's going to kill you. Um, yeah, it's a good yeah. fight. I mean, it's I, oh yeah, I, I, visually it's cool. I like oh, what my it's God. doing. Um, yeah. I hadn't finished Garank's stuff, so I just thought that there was more than one mm. beast clergyman because it's clergyman yeah. sounds like it's a, a title. Yeah, like there's more yeah, than like one a group. Yeah, well, I mean, he's huge, but that doesn't preclude anything really there's other yeah. huge guys around yeah, absolutely yeah mm. yeah um yeah there's there's it's one of those things that you got to do all the content to make it as clear as possible and like yeah yeah i, yeah, I, I think i'd only given like either four or five <laughs> death roots mm. did, did he try and fight you at any point before this no because you I have to give five or something Oh, I, you have I to give quite later. a few oh, never mind. death roots, and then he then he goes goes bonkers because you gave him too many. Yeah, he the needs that death right. juice. He's that death juice. Um, yeah, visually absolutely incredible. Um, this also settles a very long term debate again in the community where uh, Malekith was in like the second trailer for the game, which. Again, while they showed that at all, he was just like a split second shot. But everyone's going, "Is that a lion or a wolf?" And that debate raged on forever. Um, we get our answer: he's a wolf. He's he's like the wolf, uh, because again, Empyreans get assigned like wolf bodyguards for whatever reason. Um, yeah, and you can you can defeat him. And when you do, as he's dying, you ask like, "Why? Why? What do you need to kill?" Why do you need to unleash death into the universe, basically? Because um, that that's what's happening. Uh, the the big political draw of the Golden Order was Queen Marika went. We're gonna make death not happen anymore. Uh, you're gonna live forever, and even if your body is destroyed, we'll put your soul through the Erd Tree, uh, so you can be like reincarnated slash safe. I'm still not 100 percent on the mechanics of that. Um. And we've done this. We've done this. We've locked death away. I put it in my dog, and then I sent my dog off to the kennel. No one can find the dog. And no one wants <laughs> to wade through blood swamp to go find him. Exactly. Exactly. Death gone. Uh, and killing Malekith releases death into the universe uh, in the form of this wave of red fire. Very cool. Um, because the the Earth tree was burning but not burning through. It needed a stronger flame. Um, not, It's not expressly said, but that appears to be the intent for why we had to go to Faramazula and also unleash the Rune of Death. Essentially, 
we're killing the Erd tree, but you're, the Erd tree can't die. You're making it possible for the Erd tree yeah. to die. Yeah. Because before it was immortal. Yeah, exactly. So we, we've unbound death so that we can get rid of the Erd tree to get inside the Erd tree, which is yeah. the final the final point of this whole quest. Um, But we get a very unfromsoft cutscene, basically, where we get a, a sweeping view across the lands between and a bunch of like enemy NPCs basically looking up towards the Erd tree and going, Oh, what's happening? And the, the narrator going, Death is unleashed, the Erd tree burns, etc. etc. Um very different from their style, but I think it's it's fun. They're trying to be more forward with the story of what's actively happening. Still being obscure as hell with it, their Yeah, lore. it's obtuse, but, but it's yeah. giving a little more. <laughs> yeah. To being gracious. Um, exactly. And you touch that that red flame rune of death, and you teleport again uh, to the actual final zone of the game. You wake up in Landell, and it's about 500 feet deep in ash because the earth tree's on fire and just raining ash down on the world. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, yeah. And I I feel like there's more to it than that. I think there's some time stuff going on too because. Oh. The city's not just buried, yeah. it's like partially obliterated. Mm. And it's not yeah. just ash. It's like you can't get to the buildings mm. aren't there anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I fully believe that yeah. as well. Um again, the Far Missoula is timey wimey, wibbly wobbly nonsense. Yeah. Something's going on when you get back to the real world, like you know, every every minute in Far Missoula was ten years in the lands between or something like well, that. Well, I mean, the 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 time stuff's been weird the whole game. Mm. Like yeah. whatever's going on is not on a, like a linear path. Mm. Mm. But um, we forgot it's we forgot the oh. other sad boy hours. We have to roll yeah. back a oh, little yes. bit. Yeah, because... we gotta finish up a quest. Yes. Oh God, I don't want to finish this quest. <laughs> makes me. I sad. know it makes me sad too. <laughs> Um, so, hey, you remember your old friend, uh, Warrior Jar, Iron Fist Alexander? He's here. He made it here somehow. I'm not sure how exactly. Grit. Um, Determination. Grit. He, he punched his way to Faramazula. I mean, uh, because the last we saw of him, he was essentially seeking hotter flames to reforge his shell and get rid of the cracks in it. Yeah, the, the, mag- the magma wasn't hot enough. Yeah. And then the next hottest flame would maybe be the Forge of the Fire Giants. So it's, I assume he probably just climbed into it and rolled down inside. And yeah, then the I flames think he was went, probably just like trying to heal himself and then zoop. <laughs> Woke up in Faramazola going, oh God. <laughs> Why? Um, yeah. Uh, so he's hanging out here, and you have a little chat with him about, you know, wow, you're a real cool warrior, Alexander. You got all the way out here, you did all these crazy things, and he goes, and then he goes, but I'll never be as good as you. So I'm gonna have to eat you <laughs> if I want to be as good as you. <laughs> Is the conclusion he basically comes to, um, and politely challenges you. You know, he's got he's he's gonna push himself. If he wins, he's gonna eat you. Um, he knows he's not going to win, but he's got to try. That's what's important to him. Um, and you have 
a very easy fight against Alexander unless he hits you with the uh, the ring out and smash style just throws you off the cliff. Uh. So <laughs> that's not what happened to me. This oh. fight was really, really hard. Okay. Um, because I was using the blasphem- the blasphemous blade, and mm. fire does nothing to him. Right. Yeah. Nothing. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, at least it didn't heal him. But I couldn't use any of the big attacks, which was mm. like the giant flame yeah. blast. Did mm. didn't do anything, and I've been using that for knockback on everything for the entire mm. game. Uh, and the blade itself, while I had, I think it was, I think I had it at like eight hundred damage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was doing chip damage. Wow. I was not hurting him at all. This took so long. Right. I was experimenting with a hammer at the time, which might have been what was going on. Could be. In that case, blunt damage is probably not great for a jar. Um, Yeah, I found found him easy, except for the first two times where he threw me off the arena. Oh, yeah, Um, I didn't get checked out. Yeah. I mean, I I think I beat him (laughs) on the... It might have been the first go, but it was just real, like... Mm. No, I think I had to fight him twice. Um, yeah, yeah, it just it yeah. just wasn't fun. It was. No, I mean, it's a good fight. It's sad, you know. But it's and sad. I felt you bad do doing it. the fight in the first place. So, mm. it, it could have yeah. been because I couldn't see where he was at through the veil of tears. <laughs> God, I ain't had the truth. Um, yeah, like I love I love Alexander. Um, this is this is the end of him. Not technically the end of his of his um quest because you you defeat him he shatters as all jars as all jars must uh, and you get a shard of Alexander which is a talisman that boosts your skills uh damage by fifteen percent which is not bad. Pretty good, honestly. Uh, but you also get Alexander's innards, which is lovely, delightful. Um, hey, that's that's some champion. It's some champion right stuff. there. That's Absolutely. every everything that he's run into that was really really powerful. He just mm. put it in a pot, stuffed in there. Yep. Uh, the jars contain dregs inherited from those who came before. Thus, a warrior's pass from jar to jar, carrying dreams of greatness. Um, so this, this links in, uh, with the jar ban over in Jarberg. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can take Alexander's innards and give it to jar ban to help them grow up into a big, strong jar in the future, which will give you another talisman, which is the companion jar talisman, which raises the potency of throwing pots by 20% and is the cutest talisman in the game because it's just a little pot with arms and legs. <laughs> yeah, I think if you have that talisman and then put the um the pot on your head, mm. you're good at throwing stuff at that point. You're real good at real good at uh, fire bombing. Yeah, um, and I I love the the companion jar talisman because it's a talisman given by the jars to their friends. Though the jars are brought to life by human flesh and blood, they are all rather kindly folk. Perhaps they were made to be better than their innards, which is cute. It, it's I like great. The jars. It's disgusting, but but very cute. It's absolutely, like trust from software to make one of the cutest NPC designs 
and make it also absolutely horrific as soon as you figure out what's going on. Like, I love Alexander. Immediately after the fight with Radan, you see him, like, combing the beach for bodies, and he's like, I've just got to stuff some of these corpses in me, and I'll be right as rain. And you go, what the hell is happening? Alexander, I love you. And then you realize he's still great. He's just kind of gross. <laughs> I mean, we're full of goop, too, so aren't we yeah. all just jars? I mean, yeah, I'm not explicitly shoving, like, a war hero's corpse down my throat in order to become physically stronger, though. But you could. I could. <laughs> I don't think I'd do quite as well as Alexander did with it. <laughs> God. <sighs> yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, that's that's more or less Fire Missoula. It is absolutely gorgeous aesthetically. It wraps up a couple of quest lines. Um, has two very cool bosses and one very annoying boss. Uh, and that's most of the information about it. Like, as for specifics about the city itself, Basically, no, no information. Um, specifics about the Beastman civilization, not, not really anything. No, um, they uh, are sent to yeah. guard the dragons, or they send their heroes to go guard them because some of them yeah. have the lightning mm. power. Yeah, the yeah, stupid that, red that's lightning. Like, that's it. They're like a servant race for dragons or yeah. something, I guess. Since this is like a a subsection of dragon civilization that's held out, basically. Yeah, it feels like they're a sort of analog to the um, uh, misbegotten mm. that are that yeah, are that kind of guarding the, uh, the. I would probably try to kill them, the the forge. Mm. Yeah. Except they just got too close and touched it and became weird. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's it's interesting that there is sort of this common theme of animalistically traded creatures being like servants of the the higher powers literally like yeah the golden order has its misbegotten um that you know quashed rebels that or or even the demi humans sort of uh, under the carrions, they've been taught a bit of magic and yeah. then sort of branched off on their own. And then you have the beast men who served the dragons, as far as we can tell. And then the the whole thing with shadows and literally a wolf person being given to the chosen of the gods and that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, there's that. There's a lot. There's the uh, all the ants are, I think, serving Noxtella. Not willingly. Like, well, no. I mean, they're, well, they're mounts. Some of them. They're, no, there, there was. Um, it was Zully the witch did a video on this. There's a very specific set of circumstances where if you manage to dismount an ant rider, the ant will go for the rider first. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's even better then. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, yeah, I mean, it, that's it that, that's the same for the other things too. There, not everything is a willing. Uh, mm. supplicant they're coerced or something happened to them like the misbegotten are yeah. twisted into that form yeah yeah so yeah there's weird hierarchies mm-hmm. all over the place oh and the all the issues with the omens mm-hmm. and the um and the disciples of rot the insect people worship millennia of all people 
Um, oh yeah, those yeah, weird praying praying to that high power bug guys. Gotta love them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Elden Ring is a story about social hierarchies and why they're bad for people. Um, honestly, that doesn't feel like a hot take. Yeah, no, I don't think that that is. I think I think we we align ourselves maybe more with uh, Volcano Manor uh, each passing day. <laughs> Burn it all down. Become as one. Yeah, yeah. Is Rikard a communist icon? He might sort be. of the all-in-one. He might be. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh- <laughs> I think that's probably it, unless you have any further thoughts that, about Yeah, I think that'll, that'll do us for this episode. <laughs> okay, let's do a quick smidge of admin then. Um, finding people on Twitter. Dave, where can people find you? Online in general, but specifically, we tend to do Twitter handles. Yeah, you can find me primarily on Twitter at sentinot underscore plus, and that will be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. You can find the show itself on Twitter at mon underscore d monster, and mm-hmm. our our wayward co-hosts you can find on Twitter. Uh, Adam is at Adam Bucheri, and that'll be in mm-hmm. the show notes too. Uh, and Leonard is at Doctor Faust is dead uh, on Twitter, yeah. but also on YouTube. Yes, and Umbernox Productions also on YouTube, yes. I believe. For Leonard, yeah, uh, you can find me. Absolutely on Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. Uh, you can come check out some pics of my wedding because that happened and that's on there. Hooray. Um, and otherwise, photos of my cat, complaints about Australian politics and the five-day weekend that's currently happening. All kinds of things. <laughs> it's, it's been a weird week. It, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. See, um, see, Dave, we, we had Thursday off as a, the national day of mourning for Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah, and on Monday, that happened. And on Monday, we have a public holiday for the Queen's birthday. <laughs> huh. So we, yeah, a bunch of people are taking the Friday off. Celebrate that. That's... Well, because it's celebrated on a different day in every state in Australia, because Australia's a terrible and weird place. And ours just so happened to line up four days after we mourned the passing of the monarch. So I guess technically it's the king's birthday now. Um, but the the primary thing is everyone in my state is aiming to have a five-day week. Yeah. <laughs> because why not? Why not? And why not indeed? Um, thank you very much for listening to us talk about even more Elden Ring. There's still a surprisingly large amount of the game to go, <laughs> considering we've just hit the final area. Um, there's still yeah. plenty to talk about. We'll cover that in future. Um, do we have something specific for next episode if people want to uh, research ahead? or is that Yeah, uh, next episode is uh, episodes f- 5 through 10 of Infinity Train. No, 6, okay. through, six through 10. 6 through 10? Excellent. The second half of the first season. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, watch that if you can find yeah, if you can anymore. um good luck the, it's the on creator, it's cre- on amazon prime it's on amazon okay yeah you can that's good buy it or rent it i will see i'll see if i can do that or if i have to resort to the traditional australian method of media yeah we're not allowed to say what that is legally <laughs> <laughs>
Australia. Um, but yes, anyway, thank you very much for listening to us talk about Elden Ring. If you want to keep up for next week, go watch the rest of Infinity Train wherever you can find it. Uh, and we'll see you all later. Bye, everyone. Bye, folks. Monster Dear Monster is brought to you by Fireheart Media. If you enjoyed the show, please share this and all of our episodes with friends. And remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. Word of mouth is the only way we grow. If you like, you can also kick us a few bucks to help us keep the lights on at ko-fi.com slash fireheartmedia. Check out our other show, Jalachan's Place, at www.jalachan.place.